Our friend Brad Rickleman is with us again today. I am Bill Van Ness, and this is our podcast that we do each month with Brad. He, of course, is with Meridian Technology Center's Business uh, Center for Business Development, as he is the assistant director over there. And uh, nice story in the uh, news press, newspaper here in town, by the way, with Brad about your accelerator. Folks need to read that so they know more about what you guys do. That's absolutely right. Um, we were able to get an article in there. Um, we have our fourth cohort of our accelerator. It's beginning here in two weeks on February 6th. And what we do is we take six weeks and each lunch for six weeks, we talk about one piece or part of your business. I usually bring in guest entrepreneurs, speakers, or if we're talking about legal, I'll get a lawyer or whatever. And the idea is, is that by working together over lunch, you can think about that business idea you've had, eat a sandwich. And at the end of it, if it's, if it's something that you think is really what you want to do, now you've done the legwork. And I think sometimes people, when they start their business, they, they feel like they have to plunge in 100%. The only choice is keep my current job or quit my job and start my own, own business. And for most businesses, you do not have to do that. You can sort of slowly transition yourself from one to the other. And so this is a pattern, a, a process to help them sort of think about what they need to do. And so in that regard, um, we're really interested in um, in Stillwater, in small towns and small communities. Um, the local newspaper still, local radio, of course, but local newspaper still is one of the areas that people find out about what's going on. In the big cities, of course, it's not as uh, influential, per se, in terms of what people are going to do. But certainly in small communities, um, your local type of news agencies are going to be good ways to reach your local community. Yeah, and uh, one reason why Brad and I have done this podcast both on and off radio here for the better part of a decade. Yes. And so now uh, we want to mention that if you want to get in on this, uh, you can do that how? Yes. Um, The easiest is to go to meridiantech.edu. That's our website. And you go there and you go to the Center for Business Development, and there's actually a tab that talks about the accelerator and signing up. And you literally just Type in your information, and it sends it to me, and the magic of email, it all comes in. That's easiest. If you don't want to do that and you want to just telephone, 405-377-2220. All right. Now, um, I want to talk about starting a business in general today, and uh, this will be something that may take a couple of podcasts to get through, but you've been uh, teaching a short course on this now for, again, 12 years or so. And um, what do you teach? Yeah. What do you tell people? You, somebody walks in and says, I want to start a business. It doesn't matter who they are, how old they are, what business it might be, although it might as we get into this. But what do you tell them up front? <laughs> that's, that's really good. Um, I think the most important thing that I stress or that I've come to stress is solving a problem, solving something that there's a need for in the market or marketplace. And that market doesn't have to be local. It could be national, international. But the better you fill a need, the better you fill a, a gap in the marketplace, a problem that's not being solved, the easier everything happens because now you can explain why you do, why you're doing it, and who you're doing it for, and things of this sort. The less you know about that, the more you talk about your business as in, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, the further you get from customers, the harder it is then to, to, to sort of track your way back to those customers, you see. And so I think the most important focus we do is focus on the customers, not yourself. Because in the end, those are the strangers that are going to take their pocketbooks out and spend money with you. If you don't understand those people, 
um, you're going to have a very, very difficult time. doesn't mean you can't do it, of course. I mean, I'm not saying that you can, you would fail utterly. I'm just saying is, is that the greatest possibility of success is when you are very close and have a very good understanding of the needs of these customers, these strangers, and what they want to do. And if you can fulfill that at a price point that they're interested in, you've got an opportunity. And if you can do it for more than one person, now you've got a business. And obviously that part of the business plan is very, very important. And I would assume that in doing this business plan, um, you've included what your clientele should be or who you think they should be. How many people come to you, and you can give me a percentage here, and don't have a business plan? Oh. Is it more than half? Oh, yes, more than half, easily. I'd say Why? 95%. Um, I think for two reasons. Uh, one, um, the business plan is kind of like when we, when we were all in, taking English in high school. Remember we had a term paper? And the term paper was this thing you had to write all semester long. And if you did it all semester long like you were supposed to, it wasn't an onerous thing. But let's face it. Almost 95% of people, right? They Well, I will say uh, m- most of people who did not get an A on the thing. Yeah. Right. I just wrote down I-B-I-D. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> I know. English 4, 1975. Know. Okay, we but, all have done it. So we delay, right? right? Why? It's not because people don't know that they have to do it. They know. It's that it's just, oh, there's this sense. And business plans have that same feeling in every person's heart. A little bit of it's fear. Yeah, a little right? fear. A little bit of it is I've never done one of these before, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, maybe part of it is, is this really what I want to do? You start questioning things, but that leads to procrastination. And sure. whether you want to do this or not, and a term paper is the same way, you know if you're going to do it, it has to be done. Right. And so I think that one of the things that we've been trying to do is is to try to get people to realize that when I say business plan, I don't mean term paper. What I just mean is let's break down the different parts of a business and let's work on the different pieces. So um, you're not having, I don't need 20 pages. What I need is you to just tell me who are your customers, mm-hmm. you know, or how much money do you have or what type of experience do you have? Do I mean, if I wanted to open a radio station and you said, Brad, that sounds like a great idea. How much radio have you done? And I said, none. You might say, well, <laughs> you know, there's a lot to learn and there's Remember things Remember the do. Monty Python bit where the guy wanted to be a lion tamer? He had a hat. Yeah. There you <clears> go. It turns out he thought lions were aardvarks or anteaters, whatever they were. So, right. yeah, there's some education here. There's some but, education. But at the same time, you don't want to discourage anybody. An outline works for something like this, right? Absolutely. And it can be a couple pages. And I think that your point was really good. You don't want to discourage people. I don't want anyone to feel like they can't make a business happen because anybody can do that. I don't want to make them feel like, oh, your idea is stupid. First of all, even if it is, there have been wildly successful businesses that are stupid. But second, and I think the more pernicious part about it is, is um, when people start thinking about what others feel about their business, it takes them away from this primary thing that they're trying to do, right? Which is finding customers and what they want to do. I mean, there are people that like to dress up in costumes and pretend that they're in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I think this is a ridiculous thing. But there are people that do this. And there are probably people right now. So Brad's not going to Comic-Con is what he's saying. There are people right now, I bet, who have businesses making fake stormtrooper gear 
you know, outfits of what so you so you can dress up Somebody like a stormtrooper. Somebody has to uniform right? these folks, okay. right? Okay, so so if you come in and said I'm going to make storm gear, if stormtrooper gear, I'm going to you know I might chuckle, I might think that's very odd. Please note that Brad knew what stormtroopers were. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, um, <laughs> but in the end, think about it. They know if they know those customers, then. It may be a great business, and there may be real money to be made there. I mean, that's why I want—I don't want to discourage people. But what I do want to do is discourage people who've not made any plans at all. Right. Who don't have any idea what they're doing, and so they're just like, I want to open a food truck. And I'm like, great. Have you ever been? No. Do you know anything about it? No. Do you have a, Well, why are you doing this? And usually it's something along the lines of, well, I can't think of anything else. Or... Well, I don't have anything else I can do. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, in a, in a way, what we're trying to do is to get people to think at least with some forethought about what they're trying to do. And that's where the business plan was supposed to come in, which is that work this all out. And if you, the numbers work, you got a business. But no one did that. And so it became an inhibitor of businesses, something that people are like, oh, I'm not going to and that's what we try to avoid. Yeah. And so when you come to Brad, try to have a business plan. But if you don't, he'll help you draw one up because it's not as hard as it might sound, right? Correct. Just pick your main categories. Um, think about your competitive environment. Who, who are your competitors? What are your business, your co- competition? Your um, Think about your financials. How much money are you going to bring into the business? Um, what are the customers look like? How big is that market? And I don't mean how big is it worldwide unless you're selling something worldwide. I mean, tell me how you're going to find those first 20, 30 people that are going to buy what you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't need anything magic here. I just want you to say, I just want a sense of how you're going to go out and do this. If you start, if you grab your briefcase up, where are you going to go? Well, maybe even simpler than this. How are you going to get me or Brad to buy what you have? Yeah, it's possible. And, and what are you going to have for us to buy? Use, you know. use, use the exam. I mean, you can go one-on-one with this and then spread it out from there. Most businesses fail. Correct. Short answer, why? Or is there a short answer? I think that the, the, the shortest answer is, is that the business and the customers become out of sync with one Never another. Never line up. And they don't line up. Okay. They may line up initially. They may be wildly successful, but over time... There's a change, a shift between what the customers want and what the business wants, right? So um, let's think about something like Kodak, right? In 1990, mid-90s, Kodak had 180,000 employees. Now Kodak is all but a shell of what it is. Mm-hmm. Is that because, you know, and Kodak had been in, right, in business for what, 100, years 100 years or more, yeah. right? But over time, what happened in the late 90s, early 2000s? People went to digital, they went, they were, yeah, mobile phones, digital phone phones, here. things yeah. of this sort. Right. And Kodak is a company that prided itself on great photographs. But, but here's how Kodak saved themselves. First of all, they still make good cameras. Yeah. Okay. They're still in the film business. If you have all these digital photos and you're not going to display them in a digital device and you want to print them, guess what you still have to put them on? Kodak, of course. Film, that's what I mean. Right. So, so, but what I'm saying is, is so they're not exactly what right. they used to be. But is they had to reinvent there's a shift. themselves. Right. right. There's a shift. So over time, all businesses. If I sell hamburgers, over time, young people today eat less hamburgers. People want to have uh, meat-free hamburgers. Yeah, the Impossible I mean, Whopper. Or whatever whatever right. these things are. So it's that shift between the customers, their needs, and the business. And over time. Those things. And the businesses that last five, they'll say, there's a business in Japan that's been in business for 700 years. <laughs> you find out what they make. 
what do they make? They make kimonos, or they make something that there's still that the market still demands. My dad a used to specific. call it something that wasn't going to go away. Yeah, and if you can latch onto that, you've done well. What about funding and capital? And we can do a whole show on this. But are a lot of businesses that start up underfunded? I would think they would be. Yes, I would say most are underfunded, and underfunded in two ways. There are those businesses that are underfunded in that they lack sufficient money to even get open. Mm-hmm. All right, that's one type of underfunding. Yeah, the they other never get started. They, you know, and so they essentially start out lacking the things that they need to do it. Right. Um, Brad's mechanic, and I don't have any tools. I'm fun. I'm starting out. Really or you've got air wrenches and have no compressor. Right, right. Things that like that sort of thing. Yeah. So that group, that group, what we want to work on is can they save up a little more money, maybe get a business loan, do things so that they can have the right things they need to get started. And the time to be able to recoup and then move forward. The second type of underfunding is the business that's undercapitalized so that it doesn't have enough saved up. So that over the first couple of years, when you have the, the vagaries of the month, a little bit of rain and snow, or maybe it's summertime and, or whatever it is, where you're selling less, they can't work through those periods. There will be times in every business where sales fail, where things don't work out, where your product is hold, held up in China, whatever it is. And that needs, you need to have a little, a little bankroll stuck in your back pocket. And th- many businesses have enough money to get started have customers, are doing fine. They don't have enough saved up kind of for the rainy day. And so what happens is you have a bad winter, and the next thing you know, the business is starving for money, and they don't make it to the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, And that type of – that's more pernicious because that's really – first of all, that's the way American citizens are generally, right? People can't afford a $1,000 – problem in their budgets most americans don't have a thousand dollars saved up for something that goes wrong in their rainy day day. most of us so so businesses are no different but if a business can run and they run day by day but they're not putting a little bit away just in case what they'll do is they'll realize all of a sudden the owner catches the flu for a week and the business doesn't open for a week and the next thing you know they can't recover from that on little things like that many businesses fail so they fail both short term they're not capitalized correctly to get open and long-term in that they don't have enough savings. And so that's why big companies, they, they can use bonds, they can, they can go to the marketplace. But most small businesses, they don't have easy access to money, especially after they've been in business for a while. And so if they don't, that makes it very difficult if things go wrong. And that's why, to get into what we've learned from all of this, a business plan is so important. Yeah, because it, it allows you to think through more than a day in your business. And as you go through your financials, we often talk about we want a couple years of financials. Well, obviously, we have no idea what your financials are going to look like in a year or two. But what we want you to do is to start realizing that at the end of each month, I need to have sold $1,000 worth of widgets. (laughs) If I don't do that, I can't make the end of year. Is that goal part of your business plan? Yes. So what you want to do is at the very, at the very, very least, at the end of the year, your financial number at the butt, it should be you know, in the black, so to speak, mm-hmm. every single month through the end of the year. Now, there are months where you won't sell enough, right? That means you'll be in the red. So you have to have savings to help overcome that because so you can't write goes notes. up and then yeah, bottoms yeah. out and then goes up again depending on when your uh, year starts. Yeah. And then the idea is to balance out in the black. That's right. So, so you know, and let's face it, um, people that are run HVAC or roofing, those companies make most of their money 
from April till August, right? Mm-hmm. That's where they, and then from September through April, they got to just scrabble as best they can, right? There are businesses that, that do so. Uh, remember, Black Friday originally was, that was the day retailers actually made profit for the year. That it took the, the Friday after Thanksgiving, so January 1 till the Friday after, that was all they were in the red. And But from that date till the end of the year is when they were in the profit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that you can't have very interesting places you know, where you lose a lot of money during the year and then you make it all up in one fell swoop. I'm just saying is that at the end of your year, you've got to have plus $1, right? And that's the thing that the, fi- the financial aspect of the plan is trying to do is for you to give an estimate in your, li- in your mind of what it takes to keep things going day by day for the for the year, and then show me over a second year or so kind of how that's going to work. If you can do that, then you have at least the opportunity to be successful. And if you go back to a previous podcast, we've talked about the right people for your business, which kind of plays into having the right business plan. But it's not chicken and egg here. You've got to have one before they ever get to see the other, even if that one person is you. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely right. And, and the plan itself don't think of something that's in a binder that you put away just like you turned in that term paper. It should be this working document that you sort of work along through. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, if we talk about, you know, if you, so if your salespeople come in and say sales are down this month, you should be able to open up a section of your notebook, whatever it is, where you think of saying, are we, are we hitting the right market? Are, are our customers, have they changed? What's going on that things aren't happening? If you don't have that, then you're just guessing. You're just like, well, I mean... Well, I guess go talk to some other people. That's not good enough. And so if you think about it less of a term paper and more as a binder with little sections that you kind of work from as you go along, that's a better representation of it. Or maybe think about the plans of a house. Yeah, you design the plans for the house. You get building. Things change, but it doesn't mean you throw away the blueprints. And it doesn't mean you build a house without blueprints, even if you're a really good uh, builder, right? You have something that says, here's how we're going to do things. Businesses are the same. Yeah, and uh, you can talk to Brad about getting that done. Now, how do they do that? They'll want to find you and and get uh, started up with uh, starting a business, or perhaps as we started at the beginning of the program here, the Startup Accelerator, which kicks off February 6th. Right. I mean, the easiest way I like is, first of all, if you're local, in person, come on by the incubator and just say, I want to talk to Brad about my business idea. And you're located where? And we're located on Sanger Road, 1414 South Sanger Road here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um, or go to our website, meridiantech.edu. Go to the Center for Business Development. There's a nice little link there that says Contact Brad. You can click on it say, I want to talk about my business idea. And we'll do so. Now, if, if you're out of the region or out of the state, the, again, you can still make the phone call, and maybe they can get you set up with people in your part of the country. That's right. Or you can look up a business incubator or a small business administration. These are p- facilities that are often set up to help people out with business ideas. And if you're in your own local area, there will probably be someone in there that you could talk to about getting the business going. Or even just get started on your own and just start working on these pieces. And guess what? Then find somebody to look at, look at it. Maybe even your local banker. Presumably, they've they've looked at a lot of different business ideas. Right. So you say your banker in church, you go, hey, you know, I'm thinking about this business idea. I'm not, I don't need a loan, but would you could you give me a read on this and tell me what you think or a, somebody who's interested? A number of advisors, Brad and others, again can help you start on this process, and maybe you become the thing that we need. Right. The president sits around the table with all those people around his table. Why? So that here they can figure out what's going on. Right. They don't know everything about everything. 
Likewise, in a business, you don't have to be the only person sitting at the table. Right. Put people around that table who know something and see if they can help you out. People are interested in, they want success. Um, the generally, people are predisposed to wanting your business to be successful because in general, we all want people to be successful, right? People aren't against you. And so I think in that regard, we often overlook the fact that having people around you that can help you is something that's important. Don't be afraid to talk about it because, A, if it turns out it's a bad idea, you need to know it's a bad idea. <laughs> and if it's a good idea, it will continue to be a good idea. Learning about it doesn't mean that you're telling – it's not like you're passing notes in third grade that you like <laughs> Susie, right? And if she finds out, you know, you'll die. It, businesses aren't like that. you gotta let you got to let people know what you're doing. And too often people are afraid, well, people are going to think it's dumb. So What? <laughs> go back to my stormtrooper thing. So what? If there's a good market and you can make money at it, why are you worried about what people think about that? Yeah. You know? Um, so I think in that regard, come talk to us and we'll at least try to give you some advice that will be useful for you as you go on this process. And again, the website is Meridian Tech, T E C H dot E D U, four oh five three seven seven two 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 zero. Thanks, Brad. You bet.